next generation. We're entering into a season of giving and um, the season of Advent, season of Christmas. Today is the first day of the Advent season, the first day when we start focusing our hearts and minds. Of course, some of y'all started in August focusing your hearts and minds on Christmas, and that's okay. That's all right, because I know you were really just focused on Jesus and what a blessing he is and had nothing to do with Christmas carols or Hallmark movies or anything like that. But um, we, we start and we look toward the day of celebrating Jesus' birth. What a time of giving, a season of giving. We, we give gifts to each other. We give to those around us that have need. We give to God. Next Sunday, uh, we'll open this chest of Joash, and as they did in Second Chronicles 24, we'll pass by, and we'll give our first and best gift to Jesus. And as we think about giving gifts and the giving season, I want you to turn with me to John chapter 3 and verse 16. John chapter 3 and verse 16, probably the most known verse in all the, all the scriptures. Over the next weeks, we're going to be looking at some what I'm calling Christmas causes, just little phrases from Scripture that encapsulate what is taking place and what we celebrate and what we worship and what we experience during the Christmas season. It is a time that we say it's a time of giving, and, you know, it's not always been the tradition to give gifts at Christmas. I'm thankful that we live in the portion of history when it is. It mainly started just a little over 200 years ago. There were times when people gave gifts around Christmas time, but as a tradition, uh, the, the, the way we understand it, um, it's just a more recent thing. Now, I think we're pretty much well past any change taking place in that. Um, if, you, if you think you're going to change that, good luck to you. Um, just even mentioning the possibility of maybe this year we won't do presents. Yeah, you wait to see that happen. But the idea of giving presents and giving gifts is a, is a pretty recent thing. And we think about the, the giving of gifts, giving season. Why do we give gifts? What is the reason for our giving? Why do we make that a part of the Christmas celebration? Well, people say, well, it's Jesus' birthday. Well, that seems a little odd that it's Jesus' birthday and we give gifts to each other. Um, I haven't quite figured that one out yet. Now, I'm not saying don't give me a gift. I'm all open for gifts. And I'm not questioning the tradition by any stretch. Uh, but, you know, if, you went to a, if, if we go to Pastor Jeremy's birthday party and we all take gifts and we walk in and then we start giving our gifts to each other and he's sitting there with nothing, Pastor Jeremy's going to be upset. He's, he's mad sitting here thinking about the possibility of that taking place. He's really not. He's a godly man and he's just a little bit, just a little bit upset. And yet on Jesus' birthday, we, we give gifts to each other. Next Sunday, we're going to give, the, that's the first and best gift. That's our Christmas gift to give to Jesus. But why do we give? There's a lot of wrong reasons to give. Some people give so they can get. They give a gift. You know, who are we sending Christmas cards to this year? Well, who sent them to us last year? They didn't send us one last year. Well, they're off our list. Now, I know none of y'all do that. Y'all are spiritual and loving and kind and would never think of doing that. But some people I've heard will do stuff like that. You didn't give me a gift. I'm not giving you a gift this year. We give so we can get. And when that, that flows over into our giving to God, I'm going to give to God because I've read the promises that God is going to give back to me, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and therefore I'm going to give so I can get. Some people give out of a sense of guilt. They give because they have to. 
It's the social pressure. Well, I really don't enjoy giving gifts to all these people. And you probably have a few people on your list that you don't necessarily enjoy, but you feel obligated to give a gift to. And you sit there and you begrudge the whole time. There are times when people, same thing with giving to God. I give not because I want to, but because I have to. Some people give out of a sense of fear. If I don't give, God's going to do something terrible to me. A fellow told me one time, he said, I really don't like giving my tithes, but if I don't, I'm afraid God's going to take it out at the auto mechanics. I don't even begin to understand that. I guess he said the saying, God's going to somehow, if he can't get his money at church, God's going to get it at the mechanic. I think that, that mechanic may not be giving it to God either. I don't know where you think that somehow, this idea of a vengeful God, that God is going to extract this from me one way or the other. There's a lot of wrong reasons for giving. But I want you to see in this verse this morning, two simple words. You know this verse and you know these words. For God so loved the world that, and I want you to say these next two words with me, that he gave. You know the rest of it. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Aren't you glad you're not going to perish? If you're glad you're not going to perish, say amen. amen. All right. We're talking about giving, so give some amens this morning, okay? Should not perish. I'm glad I'm not going to perish, but I'm glad I'm going to have, I have eternal life. But those two simple words, God so loved that he gave. That encapsulates Christmas, doesn't it? That's what Christmas is about. It is God giving. That's why at Christmas time we give gifts. We give to honor the gift that God gave to us. When we think about giving, how does God give? What do we draw from this verse that tells us how God gives? We give for some wrong reasons, but if we want to give the way that God gives, how does God give? I want you to see several things in this verse that describe God's giving. It's more than just that he gave. He loved so much. First of all, God gives lovingly. God so loved. His giving was flowing from his love. He gave because he loved. Love is sacrificial. Love is giving. Love is more interested in the needs of the other than in the needs of the self. The needs and the, we look around us and we see a burden or we see a need or we see a neighbor that has a problem and we, we want to give to that. It is out of an act of love. First John chapter 4 and verse 9 says that God manifested, herein is manifested the love of God toward us, that he sent his son to bring salvation, to, to be that sacrifice for us. That's the manifestation. It is God giving because of his love. Love should be the deepest motivation of our giving. Whether it is in the presence that we give at Christmas time, whether it is in the needs that we meet in the community around us, whether it is in a special offering when we're giving to God and our weekly offerings that we're given to God, our giving should be motivated out of love. That is how God gives. God gives lovingly. God gives voluntarily. He gave. God was under no obligation to send his son to this earth. God would have every right as a just and a holy God to have judged us for our sins. And he didn't do it because we initiated a plea for God's love. He gave because he loved. 
Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he first loved us. God loved us, not only when we didn't love him, but the Bible says when we were his enemies. We were not only not in love with God, we were in enmity with God. And yet God still loved. He initiated that love. It is human nature for us to respond. When someone loves us, we love back. And we, but that's not the way God loves. God did not wait for us to love him to love us. God first loved us. And I'm glad for that because in my human fallen sinful nature, I would never have loved God. But it is only in response to his love expressed through the person of Jesus Christ that I not only have the opportunity, but I have the capability of loving him. And his love expressed to me then is expressed. Boy, this is, manif this is to be manifested in our church relationships, in our family relationships. People say, well, I, I just, that person doesn't love me. It doesn't matter. We love as God loves. And God initiated, he gave voluntarily, he chose to do this. There's no obligation of, what, of any kind. God loved, God gave lovingly, he gave voluntarily, but this verse also tells us that he gives graciously. He gave. That's grace. Grace is giving, is, grace is that which we do not deserve. I'm glad, and both of these are mentioned in this verse, but I'm glad that there's both grace and mercy in God's gift. God gives what we do not deserve. God withholds what we do deserve. Whosoever believeth of him should not perish. What do we deserve? We deserve to perish. We deserve to get what we desire. What does man see? He, man, in his own nature, we are born seeking to be separate from God, seeking to go our own way, seeking to have things our way, and God at long last will just say, okay, I'm going to give you what you want. And we will be eternally separated from God apart. We will, be, we will perish. We will go into perdition apart from the love of God. Shall not perish, but shall have. He not only withholds what we should get, He gives us what we do not deserve. He gives eternal life. Eternal life is not just something of quantity. It doesn't mean I'm just going to exist forever. Every soul ever born will exist forever somewhere. Some will live in eternal death and exist in eternal death, but God gives to us eternal life, and it is the quality of life, not something I'm looking forward to. I am in eternal life right now. I get to enjoy the blessedness of eternal life right now. It's not something that just starts after I die. It is now I have eternal life. And it is a blessedness, it is a fullness, it is a joyful thing. And I've, some Christians need to figure that out because <laughs> by the looks on their faces, not y'all, not y'all, but by the looks on some of their faces, some of that 8 o'clock crowd this morning, that was their faith. It's eternal life. And that's the blessedness that God in His grace has given to us. We are the blessed recipients of God's grace. For God so loved the world that he gave. God gives graciously. God gives sacrificially. What did he give? He gave his son. He gave his son. 
I can't fathom that. I love my sons. And I, I struggle with the idea of sacrificing one of them for someone else. Much less someone who is so opposed to what I believe and hold and love and who would be opposed to me. That's what God did. He gave sacrificially. He sent His only Son. 1 John 4.10 Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He first loved us and He gave His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. There are those who will say, well, we need to change that word. We need to try to... No, I love the word propitiation we don't often use, but it means a provided sacrifice that satisfies. And that is exactly what Jesus was. He was a provided sacrifice. God gave him as a sacrifice, and it was sacrificial giving for him to give his son for us. Do you understand the magnitude of that? That Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. And that's the sacrifice that God gave. He gave sacrificially. He gave His Son. Christ, really, if you think about it, Christmas is a celebration of the cross. Jesus was born for the purpose of dying for our sins. What did he say to Pilate as he was preparing to go to the cross? For this cause, to this end was I born. For this cause, I came into the world. And to this end, to this purpose, I was born. That's why Jesus came. Jesus did not come to be a great teacher. Jesus did not come to alleviate the suffering of a few people. Jesus did not come to found another world religion. Jesus came to go to the cross and be the provided sacrifice for our sins. And that's exactly what he did. God gave sacrificially. God also gave excessively. He gives beyond just what we need. I'm so thankful for the abounding grace of God. He gave His only Son. Romans 8.32 says this, He that spared not His own Son, how will He not with Him give us all things? Aren't you glad that God has given to us all that we need? I'm not talking about just material blessings, though most or all of us have all that we need. There's a few things, maybe many things that we want. There's things we'd love to have. But God gives to us all that we need, and not just materially, but spiritually and emotionally and mentally, and all the things that we need. He says in first, our second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, He has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything that you or I need to live the Christian life, everything that we need to walk with Christ, everything that we need to follow after Him, to be a disciple, to live the Christian life, God has given to us everything that we need. And that is why Paul says, I am praying that you will know the great riches that you have in Christ. Some people measure their wealth by the size of their house or the 
price of their car or the amount in their bank account or the clothes that they wear or the jewelry that they have. But I want to tell you that our wealth, our greatest wealth is found in Jesus Christ. And God has given him to us freely in all things pertaining to life and godliness. 1 Timothy 6, 17, God gives richly to us all things to enjoy. What a blessed truth and that's a blessed promise. God gives excessively. God gives abundantly. Have you ever, maybe at Christmas time, opened that present and you looked at it and you were like, wow, I was thinking underwear and socks and this is, this is a millennial falcon. This is, this is, you know, all the action figures sold separately, of course. This is all, this is so much more. And I know all of you had an aunt that gave you underwear and socks. Now I've reached that age where I'm happy to get underwear and socks for Christmas. God doesn't give us just enough. God gives abundantly, excessively. And God models for us that great truth of Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. God loves a cheerful giver. I heard a preacher one time, and I think he meant well. He, he said, now that word cheerful comes from the Greek word hilaros, which is where we get hilarious. So God loves a hilarious giver, and he demonstrated <laughs> you know, joyful, hilariously giving. I think that's well intended, but that's not what that word means. And just because it's close to an English word doesn't mean that's what it's supposed to mean. It does mean to give willingly and cheerfully or joyfully. To give joyfully. A lady was going to teach her daughter a lesson one day, and she sent her, took her to church, and she gave her a dollar and a quarter. And she said, um, I want you to put into the offering whichever one you feel you should put in. After the service, she asked her, she said, which one did you put into the offering? She said, well, I was going to put the quarter, but I put the dollar because I heard the pastor say God loves a cheerful giver, and I knew I'd be a lot more cheerful with that dollar than I was with that quarter. And a lot of us come to church with that same mentality. We give according to what we think will please us. And God calls us to give as he gives, to go beyond that. So, in my giving, whether it is giving to the needs of those around me. And there are many ways you can give. You can give of your time. You can give of your effort. You can give of your funds to help those that have need. Or whether it's giving a present to someone and seeking in this Christmas time to not merely go along with a consumer, commercial, materialistic mentality of we're just going to make this about the presents and the gifts but really worshiping and honoring God as we exchange gifts to remind ourselves of, of God's giving. Or whether it's our offering next week when we give and we put our money in the offering in this chest and we, we give not for ourselves, not for what we can get, but so that others will hear the message of the gospel so that churches can be established around this world where there are places that there are no churches, where our children will have a building that they can they can worship in and they can hear the word of God told and they can hear the message of the gospel and they can grow in grace. Whatever, whatever we give for, our giving needs to look like God's giving. Our giving needs, we need to give like God gives. We need to give joyfully and willingly. 
We need to give generously. We need to give graciously. We need to give voluntarily. No one's going to twist an arm. But we give from an inward motivation that says, I want to honor God. So what does it look like? What happens when we give like God gives? I want to give you three thoughts in closing this morning. And I know it's a little earlier, but I'm going to give you all a little extra time. But y'all don't know how long these three points are going to take, so just hang on. Don't get too excited. What happens when I do this? What happens when I give as God gave? God so loved that he gave. Number one, there is a delight in the goodness of God. It is a delight in the goodness of God. Do you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That is so contrary to our human nature, isn't it? You see, our nature is get. God's nature is give. God's nature is, I'm going to give to those who are different than me. Yes, they were created in my image, but they are fallen and they are flawed, but I love them still, and I love, so I'm going to give. If anyone other than Jesus Christ had said, it's more blessed to give than to receive, we'd say they're probably... Well, they're crazy. Because we know the joy of getting. We know the joy of receiving. And yet Jesus, it is in the nature of God. It is a delight in his goodness that he is a giving God. And when we give, we honor him. We exalt him. We glorify him. And we delight in that. He is a gift giver. His nature is Love. God is love and he is loving. And because he loved the world, he gave. So when we give like God gives, we are delighting in his goodness. We display the grace of God. We show this world who does not understand grace. We live in a world that is about all that we can get. What's the old saying? Get all you can, can all you get, and sit on your can, or something like that. I don't know. Might not should have said that. Can we scratch that out of the video? It's all about getting. People said Black Friday is essentially spending money you don't have to buy things you don't need to impress people you don't like. Not wrong. It's all about getting. It's what I can get, what I can get. You ask. You ask the average person, what do we ask them at Christmas time, especially children? We don't say, what did you give? We say, what? What did you get? And that's our thinking. But when we give like God gives, we give graciously and joyfully and willingly. We give them a glimpse into the character and nature of God. And when we do that, we create a context so that when they hear the message of the gospel, that this is how God has given to us eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ, and through our faith in him, they get a context of this is what grace looks like. In a graceless world, the world can see grace through grace living and grace giving. Grace living is living and acting as God has acted toward us. And grace giving is giving to others as God has given to us. 
And they get to see what grace looks like. And so by our very actions, when we give as God gives, we glorify God, we magnify His grace, and we display to this world, this is what grace looks like. Lastly, and this is probably where we need to be the most challenged, I believe, giving like God gives demonstrates our faith. It requires faith. Do you have the faith to give as God gives? You see, everybody, there's, there's all this debate over how much should we give, what's required, what does the Bible say, is this the law, is this not the law? Let's, let's put all that aside for right now. I don't want to focus on that, that discussion, though it's a discussion to be had. You can meet some of the requirements of Scripture and still not give sacrificially. But I remember a woman who came in the temple when Jesus was there and she put in a very small amount. And Jesus said what she has given is greater than some of these others that have given a large amount because she has given out of her need and her necessity. They have given out of their abundance. You see, it takes faith to give like that. It takes faith to let go of something that you think you can't live without. If I, I, I've got to give this, oh, but what am I going to, if I get rid of this, how can I make it? How will I have enough to eat? How will I have a place to live? How, maybe it's not money. There are some who are so stingy with their energy and their time that they can't give to, the, to help others. I just, I don't have the time to do that. I don't have the funds to do that. We have to let go and trust God that God will meet our needs, that God will provide for us, that when we are more focused on others and all of our giving that the Bible details is all about others, the Bible talks about ways that we are to work and it says that we are to work, first of all, to provide those we're responsible for. We have needs, we have responsibilities for our existence, and we have family. If a man will not work, he ought not eat. If he doesn't provide for his family, Paul says, he is worse than an infidel. And we are to work. The book of Proverbs tells us that we are to prepare for the days ahead. And so there is a place for saving and preparing for the days ahead. And there is to meet the needs of those that we're responsible for. The first that we are to have done is to give to God. And then the fourth, those are the middle two, the fourth one is that we are to meet the needs of others. Ephesians chapter 4, let him that stole steal no more. In other words, don't take. That's taking away what belongs to someone else, but rather let him labor working with his hands the things that are good that he may have to give to those that have need. Part of our responsibility is working and earning so that we have enough to pay for our own family and feed our family and meet their needs not in a greedy way, not in a selfish way, but to provide for theirs, but then have that to be able to meet the needs of others. And do you see, with all four of those things, our giving is to be others-centered. And that kind of giving requires faith. Will I trust God to provide for me to give, and if I give, to meet the needs that that will create? There are some people who give God burdens their hearts to give to certain things and they don't know where it's going to come from. 
going to give you quickly three ways God provides. Sometimes God provides by giving us the money. I've known of people that committed to giving to certain needs or missions or whatever, and they didn't know where it was going to come from, and they went to the mailbox and opened the mailbox, and there was money there. There was a check there. Sometimes God provides that money. Sometimes God doesn't provide by giving us the money. Sometimes God provides us by reducing our costs. God says, all right, your power bill was this much this month, and you go and you look at the bill, and it's like, wow, that money that I gave to God, I don't need as much as I thought I was going to need. God provided in that way. Sometimes God provides by giving us the opportunity to earn that money. I remember I was sharing in the 8 o'clock service this morning, a lady who committed to giving to missions, and for her it was $10 a week. She lived on Social Security, and it was a sacrificial offering to commit to $10 a week. She did seamstress work, and God provided for her work that she had not had before, that God provided that money for her to give. But God will provide. It's a matter of faith. Are we willing, whether it's giving to others, whether it's giving to God, that others, is there faith enough in our hearts to say, God, I will give and I will do for somebody else, even if it seems to create a need in my life, because I'm trusting you to meet my needs. And when we do that, it demonstrates a faith that God will always be faithful to his promises. Do you believe that God is faithful to his promises? Say amen. amen. Our giving, when we give like God does, we demonstrate, I believe God. We're going into the giving season. And there will be a lot of opportunities. We've had opportunities. The shoe boxes we just did. We've got core ministry opportunities where you can give up your time to go and put together toys for children, minister to children and families. We have offerings. We have various ways that God gives us opportunities to give. I'm not asking you to give to um, try to browbeat you into anything. I want you to be motivated by a deep love for God that says, God, I will trust you. And when I see a need, if I have the means to meet it, if I have the means to give, I will do what you lead me to do. And when you see that neighbor that's going through a tough time and God says, you know what? If you sacrifice this, you could give that to this neighbor. Then you obey and you do. And if God lays a missionary on your heart or a mission work on your heart and says they have a need, you give. Thankful for recently someone that's made aware of one of our missionaries that had a need, and God burdened their heart, and they gave to meet that need. Trusting God, trusting and believing God. Maybe this morning you've never received God's free gift. I want you to know that God extends salvation to you without one string attached. There is no fine print in the gospel. It's as simple as turning from your sins and placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And when we do that, God, in his mercy and in his love, says, here's eternal life. Here's my gift. 
For the wages of sin is death. Say the rest with me if you know it. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Maybe this morning in the invitation you want to just come and give thanks to God. What Paul says, for his unspeakable gift. Maybe God's placed a burden on your heart about what you should give. And you need to just commit and say, God, I'm going to obey. Maybe this morning there's another need on your heart. But I want to invite you in our invitation to come. You can kneel at the altar, stand that's a little tall, sit on one of our front chairs, or you can pray right where you are. But let's rejoice today in God's gift. For God so loved the world that he, say it with me, gave. Father, thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for grace. Thank you for salvation. I pray that as we enter into this season of giving, that our giving will be mindful that you are a giving God. You are a gracious God. You are a good God. Thank you for what we have received in Jesus Christ. And that with him, you have given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness for us to enjoy. Help us to enjoy your gift.